I think that going into those spaces and then maybe realizing being poly isn't practical for us. But we wouldn't have known that if we hadn't gone there. If we hadn't tried it. If we hadn't worked through the hard shit of it. And I think that doing hard shit, especially together, is how you grow together. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hello, welcome back to Psilocybin Says. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. I'm Eric Osborne. I'm Courtney Rose. This podcast is a lifestyle and personal growth podcast centered around the use of psilocybin mushrooms for that growth and development. In this episode, we're going to be talking with two very good friends of ours, Kristen and Emilio. Yes, you all. If you have not listened to any of our episodes before, then this episode is a little bit different than our normal style of podcast. Um, Eric and I really enjoyed talking with Emilio and Kristen. They have been good friends of ours for some time now. And Eric just married them in Costa Rica as an ordained minister with Sanctuary Church and Kristen and Emilio being sanctuary members of the church. So it was really cool to talk with them about relationships and growth within their relationship and for us to share some stories about growth within Eric and I's relationship. Yeah, and like Courtney said, this is not the typical episode. And, you know, Sanctuary is not the typical church because uh, you can probably hear in the intro some of the topics that we discuss are a little bit controversial. This might not be the one to listen to with your children. Uh, it's, it's you know, it's respectful, but it does dive into some topics and there is some language that might not be appropriate for all ears. But that's one of the things that I think is so beautiful about Sanctuary is that in our community, we are ready, willing, and able to discuss even the most taboo subjects. This is, I think, a big hurdle that traditional religions have. They shove these things under the rug and pretend like it's not there, and then people go and act out and behave a certain way, and then they shove that under the rug, and it just breeds more sickness so we love to bring these things to the light and talk about them in a very frank honest and considerate way if you are the type of person that enjoys challenging conversations with the intention of growing and becoming a better person because of them i think you will really enjoy this episode we talk about working with psychedelics for growth in our relationships, which can open up some pretty interesting conversations that can be challenging, I would say, for most people, including the topic of ethical non-monogamy, open relationships, and polyamory, as you may have heard in that initial clip. Yeah, one of the things I love about Emilio and Kristen the most is that they are just about any time ready to dive into challenging conversations in my mind that's what makes for good friends and good community so i hope you all enjoy this episode be sure to give us a like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast that way you do get notified whenever we post brand new episodes every week 
a little embarrassing. They hang out. They <laughs> hang out. They they are swingers, and they hang out with uh, the burner community around here too, uh, from time to time. Kid Rock doesn't. How does that? They're eclectic. They're, they're eclectic people. I'm just saying that, that they throw curveballs. People who listen to Kid Rock are not fucking eclectic. <laughs> I don't. They I don't are. know. As soon as you said they're going to see Kid Rock, I was like. That swinger crowd. Yeah. I bet they love <laughs> Kid yeah, they Rock. Love that the Kid Louisville, Rock. Kentucky swinger crowd, to be specific. Right. That's a good right. specificity. Locationally specific. <laughs> it's, just, it's just such a grab bag, random, weird thing to be into. It's like, you know, you know, you know it's, yeah, it's not like, I guess it's not like they're juggalos or anything, but they're like, <laughs> you know. What's a juggalo? You, do you, know, do you know who ICP is? Insane Clown Posse? Right. Okay. So that type of juggalo, that like is the dancing, ju- that is a juggalo or a juggalette if you're lady. Oh, okay. <laughs> what kind of weird sex shit are the ICP crowd into? <laughs> I don't know. You just equated Kit Rock with swingers, and now we're talking the no, juggalos. No, I just said they're like, eclectic kind of people, and that's weird that's shit. Do they do just one thing that they're into? <laughs> or just like you know, maybe where they wear clown makeup when oh, they bang. Get it on. Interesting. <laughs> that's a, that's a visual point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, no, there's anything wrong with that. Your thing. Woo woo. So, all right. Well, that's off to a, we're off to an interesting start there. <laughs> you guys hey, let me talk. You. That was your first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, here's a segue. We are here. <laughs> hey, you listening? Welcome to Psilocybin says. We are here with our good friends and members of Sanctuary, Emilio and Kristen. What's up? Hello. Yeah, not only that, but they're the first couple that I have had the good fortune of marrying. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. And not just that, but in Costa Rica. Oh, with monkeys and everything. The macaws flew Slobs. over. Oh, the macaws flew over right, bef- right as Kristen was walking out. Uh, so, uh, okay, all right, that adds already adds some context. I don't want to go too deep into the things too quick. Uh, kind of the topic that we would like to be discussing generally in this conversation is marriage and relationships as psychedelic people. Um, as we opened up here talking about the Kid Rock crowd uh, and how they maybe engage in relationships. And I think there's probably also, you, know, you mentioned the Burners. Burners are a psychedelic group. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of times when I, when I tell people about my psychedelic lifestyle and then start talking about my family, I feel like they're making assumptions in their head already about what our family and our relationship looks like. Right, like Theo's just ripping the shrooms with the cereal in the morning. It's in a cereal bowl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little dollop of LSD. Yeah. <laughs> no, <Goodness>. no. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, I don't know. There's still such a stigma and a lot of assumptions made around people who are openly psychedelic and interesting, interested in what you all may have experienced in that interested in how psychedelics have impacted your relationship and just there's so much that we could talk about here so first of all like maybe just um, Kristen has already been on the show with Courtney one time which was a wonderful episode that was one of my favorite episodes to edit uh Emilio hey. friend friend of ours for what a couple of years now 
uh, has not been on the podcast. So, Amelia, why don't you give our listeners just a little bit of an introduction of yourself? Oh, God, that's, yeah. a, that's a big, gloated question. Like, <laughs> just, you know, just kind of who are you? What are your interests? And, and how did you get into psychedelics? Oh, um, well, around my, I, I trained martial arts for most of my, like, early adult life. I got into fighting. Um, I got into MMA and training. And around like quarter life, I had my quarter life crisis, 25, 24, 25, and uh, met some party people, some people going to raves, and I started getting, getting into that scene. Um, but uh, at one point, I learned about growing mushrooms never never was very good at it but um <clears throat> you know i heard that they have medicinal benefits when it comes to like repairing your brain and being someone who has taking a taken a lot of shots to the head <laughs> 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 you know i was interested in you know what lion's mane and psilocybin you know uh, could do to for me like repairing my brain or any damage that could have been done long term um, and you know, uh, when I got into the psychedelic space and I, well, okay, I was raised really fundamentalist Christian and for the longest time I had a big void, um, in my like perception of, uh, you know, anything supernatural. I just, it was, I've been, I'm still pretty skeptical, uh, about most things, um, supernatural or anything like that. Uh, but you know, getting into the mushroom space and it was uh, it provided a little bit of like I don't know. I guess I was able to I, I, I saw I saw new things that were ch that challenged my perception of reality, and um, you know, listening to that sort of thing in tandem with I did a lot of uh, during this that quarter life crisis I was doing reading a lot of self help as well. So like that working in tandem with that is kind of like. You know, just turned my life in a different different direction. Maybe think of things in uh, a different way. So I guess that's like it, the gist in general. How psychedelics uh, have positively influenced uh, my life. Okay. Yeah, the TBI thing is um, becoming more and more widely known as a therapy. Uh, psychedelics and lines many other nutraceuticals. As a uh, nootropics, nootropics, yeah, sorry. Um, as a therapy for traumatic brain injury. I do like some nootropics now. Anything to make my brain supercharged. Yeah, take, yeah, my, yeah. take my fish oil every morning. It's <laughs> um, a mild one. But. And and Kristen did give a a nice introduction to herself in that previous episode. Uh, if you want to just give a general run through again, but if you haven't heard that episode called Kristen's on a Mission, I highly encourage you to go check it out. It's the best. It's pretty great. <laughs> No, I had a lot of fun recording. We that did with have you. a lot of fun. Well, yeah, I, I was actually I was actually thinking about this um, a couple of days ago when I was gardening and going through a moment of wanting some weed, <laughs> and I thought about your conversation and how there have been some people who, when I have expressed the addictive tendencies around cannabis, you know, they laugh at me and like uh, these are the people that are laughing or the people that are like taking bong rips for breakfast, kind of like I used to be. And I, I just was reflecting on that episode that you did and how like, I think it's really powerful. I think it's really important uh, because this is a 
a powerful and beneficial plant, but it's also, I think it's underestimated. And so I, I appreciate you being so honest. In As that. a recovering breakfast bong ripper, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. How many, how long has that been? That was like your first day. Yes. That we recorded oh, yeah. that episode. Of so you being off. I don't know. I think it's been close to two months. Wow. I was wondering, do you think that at some point, because like I'm now where I feel like I can casually engage with cannabis and not be fiending for it. Do you think that you'll get back there or even think about it? I miss it a lot. I think about it a lot, um, but I'm not ready. I'm still enjoying my space. Um, I don't know. I'm sure at some point when enough spaces come in between that time, I may dabble again, but I am worried about getting immediately back into that space where it's the breakfast bong rips and every time I'm doing an activity, well, we gotta hit the bowl first. About to leave, gotta hit the bowl first. Like, I don't, I haven't had enough space to get enough perception of myself in relation to marijuana use and what I actually want out of it and why I'm actually using it. I just want to say that one of the things that I appreciate about you both is you're both conscientious. You know, that's what I hear in you reflecting on that experience and, and in your relationships, you know, some of the conversations you and I have had, Emilio, I know that you all are very very conscious self-aware yeah very self-aware and very very good communicators uh so try to be that's why it was really it meant a lot to me to be a part of y'all's wedding because i do see y'all's your relationship is as um i don't know if like the gold standards what i'm trying to say but just like a really great example yeah that was something i would that say gold standard <laughs> <laughs> when we were in our first couple of years of dating the communication was really bad <laughs> And the relationship reflected that. But that was something that we really, really worked on and spent a lot of time focusing on was our communication. Because I'm one to just shut off and never speak again. And I will chase you down. (laughs) And he will literally chase me down to finish a conversation. Wow, what does that look like? Screaming. No, 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 no. <laughs> Scaling skyscrapers <laughs> and shit. I just imagine. Come yeah. back here. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. But as we've gotten better and opened up about our communication, man, it made all the difference. Like, I really think that we are a healthy couple. I feel like this is the healthiest relationship I've ever held. And it's because he really pushed me out of my talking comfort zone and like i don't know it's just easy now you got to be willing to have those like compromising conversations and realize i feel like this is in any relationship that a lot of people have it's why people's relationships don't last is because they perceive themselves as being like faultless all the time, faultless. There's always an excuse for why they did something that doesn't re- involve them at all. But, you know, like if you're just com- open communicator, honest communicator, self-aware communicator, then you should be able to pinpoint like, well, what's the 
spot that I'm lacking at right here? What's the problem? What do I need to apologize for first so we can move into this like conversation that's going to like lead us to the promised land? <laughs> like, how are we going to, you know, like, you know, because you get you get in, in the, the valley of the shadow of death so often, you know, there, you're, there's so many times that you're in the darkness that like, you know, well, there can be so many times, you know, where you're, yeah. So yeah. is that is that a skill you've always had to like pursue those difficult conversations? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like and since birth, it's to run it's from to, them. To, br to bring them up, to bring them up. Yeah, definitely. I don't. I mean, my my ability to actually navigate them isn't like hasn't always been like stellar. But like the the urge, the desire to to bring up the the really difficult conversation you know is has always been present it's just over time my ability to my ability and my willingness and i guess i guess uh be more critical of, that's a better <coughs> way to say it be more critical of myself you know uh, and and so because it helps us to to reach a, a compromise like you know to really to really sit down and like look at it um Try to be unbiased. I mean, it's hard to be unbiased. I think, too, the so more that we rambling. found <laughs> comfort in talking and talking about hard stuff, the easier it became to be honest, like brutally honest. Like, hey, I'm feeling defensive. This might be a trauma response, but I feel like you're against me. And then he goes into the reassurance. I'm not against you. We're just having a tough conversation. And like being honest about how you're feeling and being okay with learning. It's not even necessarily about being right or being wrong or, you know, we're all assholes at some point. We're all dealing with our own shit. But just being able to be like, hey, I'm dealing with the shit right now. And we're having this tough conversation. I don't like it, but I'm I'm doing it. We're doing it together. And like it just makes it easier to be more honest about the very human things that we feel on a regular basis in a relationship. It sounds to me like that process you just described sounds a lot like nonviolent communication and like that process of like acknowledging your own responsibility for your feelings, communicating, like noticing, I'm seeing you feeling this way. And now I feel this way. You're not making me feel this way, but like I'm feeling this way and just really taking responsibility, which is definitely something that most people have to, if they even get to this point, practice a lot mm. before it becomes natural. Yeah. And I would say it's also very similar to a healthy exploration with psychedelics you know you very often are confronted with things that are uncomfortable that you know you maybe you don't want to talk about you don't want to dig through but guess what there it is so what are you going to do with it and, and all of this is like just kind of speaking speaks to mirroring right when we are communicating with someone else particularly our spouse then there's so much reflecting of who we are coming back at us uh, which is I think that's like one of the really kind of interesting games that we play in all this is that in our conversations where that are challenging, I'm exploring me just as much as I'm exploring kind of what's important to you, you know? Mm -hmm. 
So have you all eaten psychedelics together very much? A couple times. Yeah, the first time that I ever told you I loved you, we were on Molly. We were on Molly. (laughs) And it was not that far into us hanging out, and I'm just like, I love you. I bet you did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. And then it was like the next weekend we ate Molly again, and then you said it. Yeah. It was a tumultuous time. It was. (laughs) Tumultuous. We're not sure... Not sure what any of us wanted. Certainly, I wasn't sure what I wanted anyway. Uh, I went up going on a, a, a trip up and down the east coast of, of the country before I realized, you know, being so far, you know, you get, you get so far away from everybody that, like, you've grown up with and cared and, and that's cared about you. And then you realize, you know, this person really did like me for just who I was. You know, and you're so far away from people that do care about you, like the you know you you just you know you miss that connection. You're like, I need to get back around people that you know, love me. Mm. I think you're a lot more explorative with hallucinogens and yeah, I'm more of a lab rat than you, but I'm also a pretty conservative drug taker. Going back to this, so you were talking about, um, <coughs> you know, being bohemian people being psychedelic people i think i kind of group them together um you know mm-hmm. you i guess the outside perception of like people that that do this sort of thing is that we're like a bunch of crunchy hippies or whatever mm-hmm. you know but like can't hold a job can't hold a job <laughs> or doing other things and like not to to cast well i might, might use the wrong not to not to like shed a negative light on people who are doing you know like heroin or meth or whatever, you know, because I guess you can do those, those, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hold on, let hear me, hear my thought out here, hear my thought out here. Work it out. Yeah, 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 because not not, I guess you can do those, those substances like, uh, sta- with, some people can do them stably and live like productive lives, but most people can't. <laughs> and, and I don't want to lie. Yeah, that's fair. But but like you know, it's just it's a different class of I don't know, I, you know because people want to group a lot of the drugs together and like they, they mm-hmm. you think like oh they, they do this so they, they kind of group you into the same class as like people who are doing like uh, harder substances or mm-hmm. whatever. But it's just like it's like a whole different class of person. Our class might be the wrong word. A different kind of person. Subcategory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the. Uh, people that are involved in like uh, the psychedelic as well. I think it, it, it's, it's a lot of people that are like self-reflective that, that, that dive into psychedelics. And you I know, feel like the, towards the beginning of our relationship, we used it definitely more recreationally. Yeah. Yeah, and as we've matured and grown into adults, um, we're more contemplative about psychedelics and more interested in the benefits of it as opposed to just like partying. Use it more like a vitamin now. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. That's what drew us to the church is like this modern way of using these substances and changing that perception, changing that subculture of people. And we are professionals, we are intelligent, we have a family, 
we're care you know we're good people yeah i think that's what i was trying to beat around i was beating around the bush trying to find the right words to describe it that like you try we're trying to uh to to recast what it what means the people that to, deal with these kinds yeah. of substances look like i guess that's like a you know you can <clears throat> any, anybody you know a lot of people a lot of, lots of different people like pick this sort of stuff up or you know but yeah, want to be professional people. Want to, you know, it's it's okay. Professionals can do this stuff too, and come out and still be professional. <laughs> but sure. it's not just like an escapist thing. It's yes, like yes, intentional course. that we want to go deeper. We want to, yeah. Because I was I've a little surprised when you joined the church, actually, Krista. Not Emilio, because I, you know, we had talked and I uh, understood his perspective. And I guess you and I had just never really talked about psychedelics as tools for personal growth or spiritual development and. Uh, yeah, so it was a, a pleasant surprise, and to see how you seem to be really enjoying the community as well. When when did that shift occur to for you that psychedelics were more than just a recreational thing? Um, definitely when I was in Costa Rica and experienced oh, your ayahuasca, yeah, ayahuasca and um, peyote in like actual ceremony and got to see that other side of it and the respect that was there for the plant medicine and the care and thought that went into cultivating the ceremony and the space and what we wore and the songs that were sung like seeing it on a completely different scale shifted my perspective of it for sure. And then dabbling in um, the microdosing as more of a medicinal situation has been really good, I think, for me. Hmm. Anytime, I think anytime you put a ritual to something like that we were discussing the other night, you know, like anytime you, um, you start building a ritual around that, that that sort of practice i think you get more out of it like if like when you're doing things recreationally there's not really a whole lot of ritual that goes into it you know but like when you come into it with intention and you put that like you know it's almost like you're you're doing magic <laughs> almost mm. like you know hmm. yeah that intention uh, and yeah i think it's it's all magic you know that's one of the things that cordy and i have been really exploring more deeply through our growth in the last couple of years is you know our ability to create not just with our hands but with our intention and with our the our our mental energy the manifestation Mm -hmm. it's very magical if you really think about it just the fact that we can form images and visions when we close our eyes or even when our eyes are open we can like form ideas of how we want things to be and then make action steps to create that vision that we saw in our mind it's pretty mind-blowing you guys can like picture things in your head like without the assistance of like you guys can hold images in your mind right i just recently as a side as a side thing i just heard recently i didn't know that this was a thing but like some people can't i think she can't right aren't you one of the people that doesn't get visual Imagery? No, like that's can, that's can not me. But we know someone. Yeah, they can't. That cannot. Things. Like yeah, they couldn't like hold all. an image in their head to like draw it, like or like a ba- you know maybe not be a good artist or whatever. But like you know like you 
like I might have a general idea of what an alligator looks like in my head. Mm -hmm. I can picture an alligator and then I could try to create the shape of an alligator or something like that. But there's a lot of people that can't like and the, the voice in the head. There's, I think that's where our conversation <laughs> was. There are certain people who cannot hear a voice in their head. Yeah. Like when they read and I, I mean, I, I definitely do. Yeah. I hear like different voices. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> they tell me to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But really, <laughs> yeah we experience the world in all kinds of different ways <clears throat> so okay so you all just got married so that was in february right mm -hmm. in yeah. february in february well okay just curious you know you were legally married when when was that february oh yeah oh so it was right before the yeah. costa rica yeah. oh okay i was just curious we if got all done a, at once yeah i was just curious though if there was a difference in feeling from the paper because Courtney and I haven't done a ceremony yet we've got paper marriage and I'm just kind of curious for us like how it's going to feel if it's going to feel different after we do that ritual the um it, it certainly felt different after the ceremony than yeah, it did the ceremony was much more the focus like doing going down to city hall that was like formality it was a ritual in itself we were there was a part it was like but it was like oh we're halfway there you know like and then we got the actual thing done it was like and we this had is the big ritual right and we had it coming up soon after so it was like just a step in mm -hmm. the process but it's interesting that we even got married because when we got together we both were kind of like, we don't want to have kids. We don't want to get married. His, his vow, I was, I was somewhat feral. <laughs> <laughs> and by somewhat, he means all the way. You're still a little feral. <laughs> yeah, really somewhat's yeah. I've seen you eat food out of the trash. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm great. We may or may not cut that, that food, out. Yeah, you don't, don't throw away good food. <laughs> but so let's, let's talk about that though how, how your perspective around marriage and your relationship shifted before when you first got together no kids no marriage wild and free and then what happened then we had a fucking baby <laughs> then MDA and shit got real was that was that intentional did you all intentionally have no no okay no he wasn't you intentionally stuck your dick in me <laughs> people love it. Yeah, people that's, do that all the yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oops. <laughs> How'd that get there? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> but I think that going so we <laughs> got we need pregnant. To clear some things up here. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, not gonna believe this. <laughs> we got pregnant three years before we actually had a baby and we miscarried like six weeks in. Okay. And going through that experience really 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 solidified our bond to each wow, other like yeah. going through speaking of psychedelics i have something to add to that when you're sorry i didn't mean I that's had, okay but i think that like surviving that experience and seeing because we have always lived a pretty selfish lifestyle and then being faced with oh my god we're fucking pregnant holy shit are we gonna keep this what's happening we were still pretty somewhat new in our you know full-time relationship and then when we lost the baby and like going through 
that fucking intense situation. It just really put into perspective, like, we really fucking love each other and, like, we can survive hard shit and maybe that means something. Maybe that's something that's worth pursuing. That's something that's worth fighting for. It's something that's worth working on our communication and being healthy for each other and for ourselves. Yeah, I think of getting married as, like, walking through a portal and I, I felt like, you know, having kids the same way like can I come through a portal or you look through a window and I feel like we initially we got like a glimpse in the window that's all the way I described it it's like we had we saw it like you know it was like and then when she miscarried it was like just kind of like sucked back out like it's Mm -hmm. like because like everything the whole world like I was like found out she was pregnant we found out she was pregnant and the whole um you know The whole like the way that I was thinking of things just started to change. Like, like just just knowing that she was mm-hmm. pregnant, and my like my my brain's working out like contingencies of how like how is my life going to be now? Like, what's my life going to be like now? And like, I just like you know you get like glimpses of like each little thing how it's going to, and then it just stopped. It, that wasn't the case anymore. So suddenly that's not the plan anymore. And then like you know it just kind of like you sucked back out and you know. We had like a glimpse of what it was of like what it might might have been like and then i guess it's just like from from there things just i guess our communication increased and was became more refined and we became closer um you know we uh yeah we just intimate more speaking together more intimately um but uh yeah i'm curious to ask you after we did have a baby because it was just a couple months after I gave birth that you proposed like what was what were you going through what was your thought process oh, Lord. when you were like I'm gonna ask her to marry me you can think about it while the sirens pass yeah, and I'm gonna oh. pee Are you looking for a community that allows you to authentically express and explore what it means to be human? One that honors the divinity within you and all life? Then Sanctuary may be just the community you have been looking for. Sanctuary is a faith-based organization centered around the sacrament of sacred mushrooms for spiritual exploration and personal development. You are invited to become a member and commune with us. Join us for a Sunday Zoom service or a weekend sacred mushroom retreat in the beautiful Kentucky countryside. Visit P-S-A-N-C-T-U-A-R-Y dot org to become a member and find more information. What was going through my head when, when at, right after we had a baby? Well, um, there's a lot of incentive, I think, in, in society for people to get married or pair bonded. The way it's everything, the way society is set up is is been it, it's beneficial for people to to group up to get t- together and um you know uh I guess it's just for the sake of of the child you know it's one one big reason to get like to get it like legally legally done um. You know, you but that was the thing. That was the thing initially <clears throat> as to why we didn't necessarily want to get married. It's like we well, don't want to drag the the state into 
this sort of thing like oh if my partner wants to leave you know they should just be able to to leave get permission from the governor yeah yeah but we've also had a lot of (laughs) impulsive uh you know we know where we know thyself you know um but like because we've had like a lot of you know We've had, we've had some ups and downs and, you know, there's, there's times when like you need to just like, maybe you're raging and you're really in your, your feelings and you're really in your, like you're emoting so hard right now. And there is only this emotion, like you're feeling just, there's so completely engulfed in this emotion, but like, you know, and sometimes people make rash (laughs) decisions in the moment. That's also like, it's a being married is also kind of like a, you know, one of those things where it's like, well, we're going to have our, like, you know, we're going to lash out. Maybe we'll have, like, an emo- you know, this emotional experience. But it, it's also, like, this incentive to, like, come back and regroup and talk about this. Like, we need to, like, you know, it, it shouldn't just be this, like, impulsive thing. Um, you get tax benefits. That's another good thing about uh, about uh, being married. Um <laughs> Plus, it's just like as a sim- symbolism-wise, too. It's just it's like so I mean, romantic. Yeah, it's really romantic. It's just symbolism-wise, like ultimately, like the the symbol of like of going before everybody and and God, whatever your perception of God is, you know, that going before God and you know your friends and in the world and just being like, this is my person. You know, there's something to be said for that. It, more, there's something more to be said for, for that than than just being like yeah that's my person and this is the person that like when you look, go scroll down on facebook in my about section this is the person <laughs> that i'm in a relationship with you know like it's there's more you know it's that like it, you're, you're married we're married this is the por- person i chose that i want to i want to be with this person and consistently <laughs> have sex and consistently interact with them every day until i die yeah you know? <laughs> so yeah let's go into that more so Eric brought up the vows and how you mentioned that you were feral when (laughs) you both met and uh, still somewhat feral now. And so I'm curious for, for you all in your relationship style, which Eric and I have talked a lot about, not a lot, I guess some on this podcast about about our journey and like in non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy and, all of our so many thoughts around that and um it's evolved a lot over the years so i'm i'm curious for you all how that's shifted especially now that you're you've had the ceremony of of marriage or if it has shifted it's uh it's i guess it's shifted somewhat it's always like a an ongoing conversation mm-hmm. i feel like it's just an ongoing conversation in given just different places that we are like how how we're feeling feeling like if we're feeling like being explorative um that's the main thing that that I I've tried that we've tried to make sure that we we are we are good you know the two of us if we're going to engage with other people then we need to be good that like we we need to be stable and you know passionately in love with each other before we try to like go outside and you know and seek things out there like you know are you trying because it shouldn't be it should never be that you're trying to to replace anything it's just that you're like getting a new a new scenery Mm -hmm. it's like i mean i guess 
I guess for people who who are like poly the way that they think, you know, it's like, yeah, I choose her as my partner forever, you know, like for the until until I die. But like, you know, at some point along along the road, you know, like you you might want a little bit of variety. Like, you know, I've thought about thought about it, and like I'm sure I you know want variety. I'm sure she will want variety like just different just a different like take on things a different like you know down the road like it's you don't don't necessarily want to be fucking the same person <laughs> for, forever i mean a lot of people like that but like you know like you know just when you mix things up a lot of times you you understand better like what you have and you have a better appreciation um for your partner that's but uh, as for now like where we're at uh, I think yeah, it's just it's an ongoing conversation where we haven't we haven't dabbled with anybody else since we got married. Um, I think it was January that we were like, we're a close up shop for a while. We're gonna settle into this for a little while, and, you know. Which so I think was really smart. Yeah, around the marriage, definitely you have all that chaotic energy. You don't want to dab pull other other people's energy into that pool while you're trying to you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <coughs> Eye on the prize. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making no, I think sense. Yeah, yeah, you are making a lot of sense. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of, at least two really important um, things that came out of that for me. And one is that the ongoing conversation. It's right? ongoing is that like it's always evolving, always changing. <laughs> it's always evolving and changing. And then the energetic factor. Um, yeah. But uh, also, it's it's important to recognize that socially, this even more than psychedelics has been a very taboo conversation. We've got people who look, look back at in history and how many affairs, how many people do we know that have had affairs and families broken and people pissed and all the shit that goes along with that. Um, and there's a lot of moral judgment that goes along with all of that. Like if someone has an affair, then they're morally wrong. If someone is, ethically non-monogamous then somebody's gonna have a moral perspective on that mm-hmm. but there this this notion of continuing to talk about where you are and how you feel in relationship to other people is probably the single most important one of the most important elements of a relationship there's also a big also a big stigma about like you know men allowing um other people to be with their women you mm-hmm. know like mm-hmm. that like there's, vice versa diff- it will but not as i don't feel like not as bad not, not as, as much, much. Yeah, 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 women, I, would women, I would agree women like you know like you, they're, it's almost like it's halfway expected mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. like you know for women just to be like like yeah just get a bring another girl in you know or something like that or like oh yeah go to, we own, but like you know when it comes the other way around it's like suddenly you're a cuck mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. or like there's a there's a lot of disparaging language for sure. Yeah. I think that's in your own head, though. Oh, uh, I think it's socially. It's yeah. definitely social. Yeah, it's definitely social. <laughs> like, I mean, you look 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 at uh, Will Smith. Like, you know, that man has been openly polyamorous for for forever. I mean, say what you want about like Jada or whatever, <laughs> his wife or whatever. But like, you know, like those two, like they've been op- openly poly- polyamorous forever. And the guy that they're open about like talking about their conversation, you know, like 
like one time early on the the internet just runs with it right. suddenly will's a cuck yeah. you know but like i don't know i bet will smith has been with so many like beautiful <laughs> celebrity women over the years and i'm sure they have i don't know i don't know what their relationships like like but mm. it's like <laughs> like i said there's a lot of you know but but what i'm saying is just the perception of 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 the outside world when it comes to men allowing their wives or their girlfriends to go mm-hmm. and pursue uh interactions with other dudes well i mean marriage the institution of marriage and one of the reasons that i early on rejected it is because it is an expression of ownership particularly by the man in a legal correct contract and so i think you're my legal property yeah what what you're saying is institutionally built into our society yeah um but you know like like you were saying like what's the reason behind what you're doing like why are you getting married if you're seeing other people, why are you seeing other people? If you're not seeing other people, what is the reason behind that? If it's fear-based, then, like, okay, maybe we need to explore that. If it's trying to, like, grow or is trying to, to focus in or whatever it is, you know, it's it's all worthy of our attention and not just dismissing it. That's what I feel like we have had a tendency to do is just like, oh, well, let's not talk about that. That's too difficult. That's too uncomfortable. I don't have a yes or no answer, so let's just not even – talk about it meanwhile there's something festering under the surface that everybody can feel so from the beginning with you all was this a conversation yeah from the very beginning yeah we always tiptoed around it not really sure how to engage in it not not, especially not in a healthy way your previous relationship he was getting out of a relationship when we started hanging out and they were open in an unhealthy way, I would say. Crazy. And so I was always under the impression <clears throat> that in order to be with this person, like I would need to change who I was. And I was ready for that because I've always been like very strictly monogamous, just out of, I don't know, society or how I grew up. It was just how I was. And I was ready to explore something new and I feel so empowered by being in an open relationship and exploring my own feminine power and my capacity to harbor love and relationship with you and then go out and be a feline out it's just really power powerful for me <laughs> to get to have both and for it to be healthy and a continuing conversation, constantly checking in, checking yourself, because we all have egos, we all have jealousy, we all have ill intent at times, not out of trying to hurt somebody else, but just managing being hu- selfish managing human emotions and yeah. i i get i get a lot personally out of exploring that stuff <clears throat> yeah what you said about managing human emotions and the growth that happens there i mean with us in that exploration in conversation just the conversations around it and like the feelings that come up and trying to determine is this a real valid feeling or is this just like 
a fear response. Like, yeah, it's hard. a lot. It's really hard. Hard. Like, I mean, yeah, it carries with its own set of challenges. I think it's rewarding um, if you can get past, uh, uh, you know, if you can, if you can get past like the the fear responses and the you know the knee jerk. I know there's a lot of I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, you just a lot of the knee jerk jealousy issues that that may come up. A lot of people claim to not like I don't have jealousy. I don't experience jealousy. Well. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of felt like a full-time job for me (laughs) when we were engaged in like actively maintaining that conversation. Like, where are we at right now with this? Where are we at right now with this? And this person is coming up into our live and our lives. And where do we want to go with this? Like, it was a lot of energy. Yeah. Sharing, going back to sharing the energy, just like, you know, who do you want to share the energy with, you know, and, and, and who you choose to, yeah. Wh- whose energy you choose to, to just throw in to your current situation at any given time, um, you know, and the effects that other people can have on your, your home, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's a big, it's a big one. Yeah. And that's kind of what, it's it's been such a long and ongoing not necessarily conversation for me you know I was married for 15 years to two different women before Courtney and I got together and it was something that was it plagued my mind the entire time but I could never talk about it Um, and I I feel like one of the things that I've found in the last few years now as I continue to explore the why is that a lot of the reason that I was doing, that I was wanting to engage in that life was, it 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 wasn't. It was coming from a place of ego. It was coming yeah. from a place of wanting to be attractive to more people. And I grew up very insecure, chubby little dude with glasses. Never was like you know, hip like that. And I don't know. Once I hit like particularly like my mid thirties and I felt like I had, okay, I know a little bit more of who I am. I had more confidence and I felt like it, it was something that I was trying to prove to myself, honestly. Um, and then since it's not, it's just like not been really part of our conversation. I mean, we kind of check in every now and then, you know, just like, and because it's, it's just freed up so much space in my mind anyway to think about my family and to think about you know developing other things that are that truly add value to our our home yeah i think it's really important to like keep the conversation open to that like just because like what you said in your previous marriage is like you can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like you even bring up the You'll idea fight, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> I will leave you like then that's how it is with most relationships. Like you're considering even considering this Well, I'm cheat. gone and then you can't talk about it. And then, then you go cheat and then you go cheat. You can't, yeah. Can't you talk about it. Then you go cheat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't, can't even bring it up. So, okay, well uh, I need, this needs to happen. A lot of times, yeah, because I, I, I felt that the way that the egoic, egoically, I guess it's just, I don't know, I guess, you know, I, I don't think it's a thing that specifically is, uh, you know, a man thing. But, um, yeah, definitely for me, though, um, it, 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 it given points over time, it's a lot of it's been about, like, what, ca- what 
what kinds of people can I attract? Who can mm-hmm. I get? Who can I? Get? And it becomes just like a you know it it when I was younger, of course, it's like it's like the the notches on your on your bedpost, you know, like you know, obviously that's not the right way to look about look look at it. And now it's just more like you know, I'm getting good energy from this person, and they seem nice, and like I don't know, it it sex usually isn't like um, it's not. It's not on the the it now now that I've you know, I, I feel like I've matured enough that that sex isn't like the first thing anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not the first. It's not the first thing on the on the the front mm-hmm. of the of the interaction anymore. It's not all like it doesn't all boil down to that. I can, you know, and I think it's just a sign of maturity to not like have to not be so focused on, um, you know, can I get these people it doesn't it it's not that's not not so much as part of the game anymore the, the, you know whether or not you can get somebody or not like you know because you can like flirt at bars with people and and like enough interaction can give you an idea of of how good your chances would be you know <laughs> like so you you could just kind of like dip your toe in if you really want i think a lot of people do that that aren't mm-hmm. that aren't open they just kind of like flirt in bars and they they get an idea of like whether or not they like i could do it yeah i could do it. i could get it if i wanted no that's yeah. that's no, like maybe a couple of years ago, or a year ago. Yeah, it was yeah. it was about a year ago. Was I, I want to say it was the first time that I can ever remember turning down an opportunity to have sex with an attractive woman when I could have. Yeah, and there was as much pleasure, if not a little more, a little power in that. <laughs> it was really weird because I was like, "Holy shit, this like feels." even better now i don't mm. feel like oh who did i just mingle <laughs> with or what did just happened mm. you know so Ma- made a responsible life decision because you knew what you had and you know i'm sure there was a lot more going on but yeah no yeah it was a big and interestingly enough that was the first time where i was like encouraging you to go for it like <laughs> and really it. felt like confident mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. within myself to be like happy for you meeting another person that you you know could have like easily had that interaction with well that's where i think you know it's interesting to think about resistance and energy and the things that we like don't want and then so like when somebody's always worried about their spouse cheating on them then you're probably like actually encouraging that you know whereas when we just let go and we're just like oh what the fuck ever like i trust you you're gonna do the right thing then they're actually gonna do the right thing we see that with our kids too Mm. you know i trust you then they're more likely to be trustworthy. Mm. Yeah, I think we've also, in our pursuits, realized that while the idea of polyamory sounds fantastical and sort of romantic, it, it's romantic it's idea, really yeah. not practical <laughs> for our specific situations. Like currently, maybe. Like yeah. casually dating a person, like oh yeah, yeah, what with a kid and all, yeah. Because <laughs> that was the thing when we would go on separate pursuits. Is like mm-hmm. a lot of the males that I would encounter were single, living on their own. It was very convenient to just go to their house. But for you, you know, we don't bring anybody solo back to our house. And so for him to find a similar situation was like a lot less of a possibility. Dudes are itching 
itching to. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I'm going to set this up. It's it's definitely a 100% sure thing, you know. But you know, it. It's a different different di- dynamic. But uh, then it's <laughs> like, well, how much, how much are we spending our energy? Yeah. We have such a finite amount of energy, mm-hmm. especially God, when you yeah. have children. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot. <laughs> There's not a lot left, and no, like if I, don't I, I if we're gonna go on a date and deal with your fickle energy and whether or not you want to <laughs> actually do something or not, like yeah. call, I've sent out every fucking. It's, there's lots of frustration involved. Well, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> you go out and spend money on somebody else right. to yeah. get drinks, yeah. have dinner, and that is. I don't want to say it like it's taking away from us. It, no, well, it is. But it is, yeah, it is because the energy is finite. Yeah, like yeah. You, you feel like you're like, oh, I, I know all week long I'm supposed to go on a date with what's-her-face. And, uh, you know, when we go out, like, maybe, maybe we're, you know, at home, we're strapped for cash or something like that, and we don't have, like, the money to go out on dates as often. But, like, I'm going to go out on a date, and I'm going to drop maybe, like, 60 bucks or so, whatever, on, like – inflation's probably made this a lot more now, but, <laughs> but, uh, but like, you know, I'm gonna drop, drop, you know, however much money on, on this, on this person. It's not even like a sure thing that things are even going to go well, you know? I mean, it's not even that you know the person enough that you actually really know that you want to spend time with. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Like it might just be a thing of just like, I think you're physically pretty, but like, you know, like when I actually spend a little bit of time with you, you're and vapid and mm, i don't yeah. i don't care for you actually that much turns out like you know <laughs> like yeah it's no it's that not was such a sure thing that all the was time. the big realization for me is just it, it kind of happened in phases there was a point where you know i was seeing trying all the time to see somebody outside of our relationship oh I was God, just like this yeah. is fucking horrible this is just like detracting from my family it's causing more stress than it's solving i'm just trying to force a round peg into a square hole yeah and then like it it uh, it kind of became the same thing again when my perspective shifted and i was thinking like okay well then you know we can courtney has dated women before we were together then we can just all have this kind of whatever communal experience and we'll contribute to the household and but like even that, like it was something that I recognized that I was trying to like make this thing happen, and a lot of that I was trying to prove my upbringing wrong. You know, all this like Catholic sex outside of marriage, you're going to hell bullshit, and like so much of my behavior was a trying to satisfy this egoic need and b trying to push back against what was indoctrinated in me, and then I like it hit me. Courtney was was talking with this guy and going out with him and like it just like I realized it started with that trigger I realized when she would go out or she'd be talking with him she'd be texting I'm like who's she talking what's going on there and how much energy I was putting into something that was just a fucking imagination I didn't know what was happening I didn't know what was going on but I had huge stories in my head and so much wrapped up in that and then I realized that these women that I had been pursuing, I was doing the same fucking thing with them. And I had this very tangible experience. I may have talked to y'all about this. I don't, I don't think so, but I was like, and there's this thing with her and the guy and I'm driving down the road and freaking out and like, what the fuck's going on? Where am I? Blah, blah, blah. All the shit you tell yourself. <laughs> and I started, I started to bring my attention to what was right in front of me. And I'm driving and I started with the steering wheel and I started, okay, the steering wheel. And then I started focusing on 
the dashboard and then like what I could see. And over the course of like an hour and a half of this kind of really intense realization that through my energy, my awareness, my attention being outside of me, like that was a piece of me. That was a huge part of me that was not present. And it just like all came together and assimilated. And I was like, holy shit, I feel whole. I don't want that anymore. I don't want, and it, it was like a very, even though it was several years in the making, that that hour and a half was so, so profound of an impact on me. Tell them about the song. Oh, mm. yeah. Uh, two or three days before this happened, uh, you know, Van Halen's Right Now. No. You don't know the song? I don't. Right now is your tomorrow. Right now is everything. Mm-hmm. Right now. Catch that magic moment and Can do it right here now. To it anyway, this. yeah, go listen to it. <laughs> well, that, that, song, that song popped in my head two or three days before, and I didn't know why. Yeah. And then as this started, this thought process started, I was like, I'm going to listen to that song. And I listened to that song, and it j- the whole song is, and I'm not a Van Halen fan, you know, but it was, it was there, and the whole song was about being present and all the time and energy we waste thinking about yesterday or what will happen or what when all we have is this magic moment of yeah. right now. Yeah. And it just it created such powerful shift. She felt it when I came back home. I didn't even say anything. I walked in the door, and she could feel, at least that's what you expressed, that you could feel the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Very well. Investing your energy in too many places can be a problem sometimes. If you're especially if you're like you know the one you know, you got to prioritize which which relationships you know in your life are the most important and you know I, it's it's hard to to strike the balance uh, of uh, <coughs> you know and, and getting like keeping keeping good energy in the most important relationships in your life and you know. Like you said, it's just it's such a like when you're you're trying to make something happen, you're mm-hmm. trying to like you know, but why you know mm-hmm. why like why do you so, like it, it feels because sometimes it feels so desperate, mm-hmm. you know like why why am I trying you know like you feel like <laughs> you know if you're not careful you'll create a situation being in an open relationship where you feel kind of single where you feel like and and not like the good part of feeling mm-hmm. single like the the free like you know I feel pretty free and and. I feel pretty free with her, and that I can do essentially what I want, mm-hmm. you know. But like uh, the 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 part that's like the the gross energy of being single, where like the the no one wants me sort of thing, because you can create that conversation in your mm-hmm. head. Like you're trying mm-hmm. to make something happen, and things like you know you're putting all this energy in, uh, you know you're putting all this energy into um, trying to to get someone new in and like you know but but for what like because like once say you actually do succeed you know and like you do you know, hook up or whatever you know it's like well i mean like you got your friendship i guess with this new person but it's like are you going to continue to put in the amount of inf- amount of effort that it took to get to this place with this person and then <laughs> it's like you know is this your new girlfriend and like do you have that much space between your work your 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 house you know your 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 wife your your kid you know, all that, you know, it's like I I struggle personally with spreading myself too thin. I like to have fun mm-hmm. on occasion, but like, you know, like I don't like we had an issue. Like we had an issue with a friend of ours um, who we had been together with before. And, but like she 
she got like, and then I, I guess I, per, I pursued uh, someone that she was, she was friends with. Um, and uh, she was very, very defensive uh, and guarded and, <clears throat> and uh, territorial. Um, and it felt weird to have another woman be territorial about me. I didn't like it. Mm. And I wound up like, we wound up like just like swearing off that particular person it's like well i'm not gonna be like I, only one like in my head like even even with other women but I, I, only one woman is is allowed to claim me <laughs> that's why i got married <laughs> so. well, i think that's where that's we're nice. less polyamorous yeah yeah not as poly as some people yeah and more open yeah. Yes. Exactly. And exactly. Fluid, yes. and it's not something that we necessarily like. Open is a much better word for what we plan. Are. Just because, like you said, like once you get the initial bang out of the way, it's yeah. like, okay, now what? Like, now are we going out to dinner? Like, am I seeing you once a week? Yeah. Like, what's happening it's now? Big idea. And. Right. So then it, and then it becomes the question of like, well, what's the purpose of the sex? The sex, okay, so we had someone new. We sw- switched things up. This is a different smell, a different genital than my partner's. <laughs> but like, what have I gotten from that? What am I getting out of it? And why am I pursuing it? Yeah. So a lot of things too, like, you know, you're you in this relationship that you might not see the person as much. Say you have like really good sex. You know, you have really good sex with this other person, you know, and like, but you don't see him as much. You don't have a family with this person. So any, every interaction with him is just like this, like, you know, not even real honeymoon kind of deal, you know, like mm-hmm. where like it's all it's all good. Th- you know, maybe, maybe you're like this in- interaction where it's like a lot of good things like and you don't ever have like the strife and the deep, heavy conversations and like the, the clashing of, of personalities that comes with being in a long term relationship where it's like, you know, we're not perfect. No one here is perfect, you know, and, and we, you know, you have to do work to keep relationships. I don't care how compatible you are. You're still going to have to do some work at some point and, and deal with some really unfun emotions and, and uh, sentiments between the two of you and to keep things and, and drag things back, sometimes kicking and screaming from the brink. <laughs> The caffeine kicked in. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm awake. <laughs> wow. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Emilio has just woken up. I gotta up. go. See you on I the next episode. <laughs> now, I was, I, I really found like I was equally confined by my insistence on poly as I was confined by yeah. insistence on monogamy. Yeah. And so what you were saying about all the conflicts that arise and, it's it it's so true and i i can't i don't know like i i you know i still think about how i think about how i think about this like i think okay what am i thinking about this topic these days and you know like the only thing i can't even it's just so hard to imagine a situation that was really contributing to our family's health i'm not yeah. saying it's not out there yeah. but i mean like like that is the most bar none the most important thing for me in any of this and the work that we're doing whatever it is like I'm thinking whereas I didn't before I can honestly say that I didn't I wasn't thinking that before but I'm thinking how is this helping my family first and foremost right. 
because if you don't have a strong home base, you can't do this anyway. You can't do you can't be uh, open or anything like that anyway if you mm -hmm. don't have a strong home base. Mm -hmm. Like there's no point. I really, <coughs> I really like the idea of having more of a multi-family home type of scenario a where we really are, yeah, like helping each other and you got more hands on deck and life is theoretically a little easier because you have more people helping with the homestead. Yeah. But I mean, that it's hard would to be force that type of thing. That would be helpful to a degree um, when I guess just when it comes to raising kids. Oh my God. But also there's its own little set of challenges like with everything. It's like mm -hmm. there's its own set of challenges, different mm -hmm. new fam new family dynamics, communal living. Um, yeah. And then if, cause you know, especially if you add, like, I mean, if you're adding sex into that, mm -hmm. into that mix, it changes, changes things. Yeah. It just changes things because the intimacy level of everybody just increases and you know, yeah, well, like, like I mean, obviously, like, you know, we have our, like, get-togethers where we go and, you know, we bring our kids around, and that's just so helpful to just let the kids just, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, needing that, needing, like, for community having, for, for children, that's just the, the biggest thing I feel like is just, like, you know, letting your, being able to have a space where you're, you've got like-minded people that you can trust to look after your kid, you know, and to let, you know, your kid interact with their kid and so they're social and they, you know, it's just, that's, that's invaluable. It's so good. Definitely. I think like, I'm kind of considering where and how psychedelics intersect here, mm. you know, as, as I brought up early, the, the kind of some of the, um, assumptions that are made about people in psychedelic, psychedelic people in relationships and the, you know, you're using this word openness a lot, which is one of the most measurable metrics in psychedelic influence or how psychedelics influence us as people. They make us more open to ideas and information and new experiences, which is incredibly valuable because then we get to find out what actually we really do want for ourselves. Yeah. You know, that's where, I feel a lot of pain for a lot of people and in, in that not knowing what you actually want because you haven't made the mistakes to find out whether it does or doesn't work, you know. So, you know, the 60s, obviously, when psychedelics became culturally um, prevalent, then you saw a lot more of this kind of free love and that was a thing and I think that's where a lot of this kind of assumptions come from and so it's just really interesting to me as someone who is you know very deeply embedded involved in psychedelic culture how we're seeing that interface now in context of relationships and you do see people that are going to psychedelics and then they not infrequently engage in these types of relationships and then not infrequently come back to say, hey, okay, maybe this isn't really the most helpful approach. Yeah, I, I think that people that dabble in the psychedelic space are just used to generally trying new things. It's like, I mean, not, not to say that you can't do that outside the psychedelic space, but like mm. I think the people that are in the psychedelic space are just, like you said, more open to new experiences and really it, exploration was the word I was mm. I was gonna yeah that that we were willing to explore whether it be you know 
relationships, whether it be the, the dark recesses of your mind that need to be picked apart, that you need to be able to sit with the thoughts, the contents of your mind, you know, and, and be okay with, with it. I think it's also an acceptance to change. Mm. When you're in that psychedelic space, you're accepting change in perception, change in ideologies, ideologies. And uh, not necessarily that they go hand in hand, but it, it's it's hard to be interested in psychedelics, interested in exploring yourself further, and not be open to living or trying different things. Mm -hmm. Like, that's part of why we seek these new experiences, because life isn't meant to stand still like we're not meant to do the same thing over and over and over again even though that's naturally what we are inclined to do but pushing against that and yeah i think that knowing going into those spaces and then maybe realizing hey this isn't for us being poly isn't practical for us but we wouldn't have known that if we hadn't gone there if right. we hadn't tried it if we hadn't worked through the hard shit of it and i think that doing hard shit <laughs> especially together is like how you grow and how you stay how you grow but together mm -hmm. mm. bond further yeah that sense of accomplishment yeah it's like, you know, they told us that weed was going to fry your brain for years, right? And then so you cannabis becomes more accepted and you smoke weed and you find out that, okay, it's actually pretty fun and it doesn't seem to be that harmful. And then it's a hoot. Then you start questioning all the other stuff that they tell us that this is how it is. And similar to your journey in cannabis or our kind of shared journey in cannabis, you know, like... If I hadn't have gone so deep <laughs> into weed, I wouldn't really be able to value the clarity that comes with not smoking weed every day. I didn't smoke weed this morning. A lot of times I, uh, I'm i on the uh, other side of the coin. With Chris. It was funny, actually, for the years, for years, like we'd be, for the longest time, we were buying uh, quarter bags of weed. And we like go through a, a matter. We go through that bag in like a matter of a week. We're like, "What the fuck is it going?" And she stopped smoking weed, <laughs> and uh, you know, we uh, <laughs> we've been able to conserve <laughs> so much for weed. <laughs> but uh, but I still I still smoke a a fair amount um, of weed myself, you know. But like you know, uh, I I definitely I definitely get the pangs at some point during the day. I'm still a daily smoker. Um, I get the like just a pang for it but like i can w I, I can wake up and make a conscious decision like i got stuff that i need to be like super focused and on point and articulate about this morning like this conversation i didn't want to be too goofy or be like oh what was i talking about again you know like so i didn't smoke this morning you know um but like that goes back to like the self-awareness thing i, I don't just, have control like that with weed yeah or i didn't yeah. It's like an all or nothing kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Some it's there. I'm fucking smoking it. 
I do feel that w- I feel that way about other substances. <laughs> if it's in the house, I gotta do it till it's gone. <laughs> it's like I can't just be there. <laughs> I feel like not with psychedelics though. I can hold on to psychedelics for a while. Yeah, somehow like, I don't ever want my house to not have psychedelics in it. Yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah. It, if if I we were making fun of the other day how I saved these melted chocolate bars just <laughs> because there's no other mushrooms in my house. Right. And like I yeah. just refuse to not have. Yeah. Even just a cap. I've been just in case the yeah. world begins to end. Yeah. It's no, I, well, shovel it's, all those yeah. chocolate bars it's in really there. Not, <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, I've thought about this a lot and I've thought about over the years, there's, it's like, it's like my, my pet or my kid. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I have lived with mushrooms for 20 something years now. And yeah. I, like, I think about them like I think about my children or my, my animals. Yeah. And so I don't want my house to not have my, dog in it either yeah my kid I, f- I feel like when you when you cultivate you know mushrooms this is a completely different conversation <laughs> yeah when you cultivate them you have a just a whole different relationship with very much with, so with the, with the fungus that like you know it's just this it's this sentient thing how do you all th- how do you all think that you'll talk to your son about all of this just being I, I mean transparent yeah transparent like i've done the i've done these substances son this is my uh experiences with these sorts of things um i think that he's gonna be better off than we were because mm-hmm. yeah definitely we grew up where it was a recreational party drug and warned against us not to do and now mm. he gets to grow up in a community where it's celebrated and respected and there's the attitude about it. It's completely different from mm-hmm. our, like growing up with the our, the attitude that we grew up with around drugs and just psychedelics and any kind of substances like that. Just people's like yeah, my family's attitude was just not helpful and not informed. Mm-hmm. And that it's like a medicinal practice. It's a sacred practice. It's something that we use to enhance, to grow, to open, not to escape. Where so long I used drugs to escape. And like he gets to grow up, A, having cool as fuck parents, (laughs) (laughs) but also in a community where it's like collaboratively thought of on the same way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my 19-year-old, he messaged me last night he's like i'm so grateful that i have a dad that i can talk about these things and he's talking about you know some experiences he had had with with mushrooms recently and it's just it feels so good to know that i can be honest open and that that will incline him to reach out to me for help rather than hide Mm. so important that's what i think the like all of this that we're talking about is kind of hovering around the same thing is honesty and transparency and clear communication that we don't know that we're doing the right thing or what it is is right in the moment, but we're trying to figure out what's right and best for ourselves and our families. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's such just, and it's, there's so many experiences that you have in the mushroom space or in the psychedelic space that, um, you know, like that's such a profound thing that can happen. Like, so many profound things can happen to you <clears throat> in that space and for your kid to not be able to talk with you about it. Yeah. It's such a, like, like, you know, I'm sure, you know, you've seen 
thousands of things over over you know but it's like how how difficult would it be to, to speak with with your parents about it's it not like happening, yeah. yeah it's just not happening like i i could i could bring up you know what i saw on on trips before that were extremely profound to like my grandparents and my mom but they would you know they'd probably listen to me explain it and dismiss it as like a fever dream mm -hmm. you know oh no i well i go to church on sundays and the things you know the the, <laughs> the the brief the brief little things that that flip through my mind while i'm in prayer in church and sundays you know sunday service or whatever certainly more profound than anything you could have gotten on some some silly drug trip no preacher said the mushroom said what well the preacher said this <laughs> yeah yeah like, oh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> well the preacher but, said to vote for trump so <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know it, it, that conversation that we had the other day around the table there where we were talking about the direct experience that psychedelics provide and yeah. how this is opening up a whole not really new because this is was the original practice but for our culture it's opening up a whole new kind of access and, and perspective around this idea of god and i guess maybe Kristen, maybe that's i'm trying to pinpoint why it is that i was surprised that you joined the church and you know again you know again we have not sat and spoken much together on kind of perspectives on spirituality etc cetera, etc cetera, but I guess that I am still kind of surprised when people that are in our um, social or generational sphere find a way to talk about this idea of God. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm curious for you to talk a little more about it. About, about what? About my skepticism of you being a or I what? guess so yeah I'm trying to wrap my head around like what your perception of me prior I don't know yeah no no I'm, I, I, I am too trying to get to, to, where, to like because he, he wasn't super familiar with like your concept of God. I thought you were a godless heathen yeah no. okay no not as, well, no I'm not saying definitely. that but uh <laughs> you know yeah I guess I just didn't perceive you as being like a spiritually focused person, I guess. And I just didn't know you well enough, gotcha. you know? Um, so it's just been a pleasant surprise, but it's not just you. Like there are, are a number of people who have come into sanctuary and it's been like, Oh wow. Like this is really cool because I would not have ever anticipated you to have a place or to, to, have a, a level of comfort in talking about whatever this thing is, mm. you know, and that's, it's reaffirming to me as in regards to how we're presenting this community because the understandings or the ways that we individually perceive of this creative force that we all come from is so varying. It's so, so different. And so to see that we're able to give a, a, a space where people from so many different perspectives can engage in just that concept. <clears throat> I'm surprised all the time by the people that show up to sanctuary. And just like sometimes the people who I think are quote unquote spiritual people, like I'm just stunned all the time with 
being wrong <laughs> about people. It's interesting because like, I didn't I didn't expect because I, I I haven't expected um, a few a few of our members you know running into them just talking about just general generally like relationships in the psychedelic space and how different kinds of people different eclectic groups to come together and it's like we have we have people from everywhere all the different faith we have a, a couple christians in service mm-hmm. which is to me like i mean growing up with my background I, like i i had like a knee-jerk like disgust for that sort of thing you know and it's but it's also like this is where this person is on their concept of god and their journey of, of that and you have to be like you know you can't just be like fuck the care of the christian church fuck the cat you know like that's what i can i can i curse in this podcast did you all meet did you all meet matthew is at the house of the night a friend of mine from growing up matt glasses longer hair he was around the table talking with us yes the anxious one yep never ever 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 would i have dreamt and i grew up with that guy would i ever have dreamt that there would be a place for him to talk about God or whatever this thing yeah, is yeah, that we're yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah. to, right? I was saying, I just say anxious. I don't want to be. I'm not disparaging. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Nice no but that's why it's yeah. one, why he, you know one of the reasons he came to psilocybin. But yeah, you yeah. know, so it's not like a judgment call. It's just that it's just like surprising to me that someone who I would have never considered him a real spiritual person, but when he felt comfortable enough to be able to talk about the way he understands spirituality. Then it was very clear to me that wow, he really is a spiritual person. Does that make mm-hmm, sense? Better mm-hmm. sense. I feel like I've always been. Well, since I started working at Rainbow Blossom, like nineteen, twenty years old, is when I really came into what spirituality meant for me. Um, but I don't think that the, I really had a lot of like deep rooted community i mean i was in various groups that were doing various spiritual type stuff and psychedelics were always a part of that but i think that on a existential level i've always been seeking something like our church Mm. but have been always very repelled by church by god by anybody who's affiliated in that (laughs) (laughs) and now it's like a merging of something that was always very personal thing to me my spirituality and now there is a community where it's safe to be more open about it to express it on an outward level where it was more something that was just for me, it was just my experience. I'm not really trying to impress upon anybody my beliefs or views, but I also don't want others to do that to me. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I still want to talk about my perceptions of, of like divine consciousness and God and, you know, and, and the afterlife if there is one. I still want to talk about that sort of thing and impress my thoughts on on people about. I still want to kind of kind of do that. I, I don't know. Like I got I want because I want to hear what they have to say about that sort of thing, you know, and and, and compare compare notes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The only way you're gonna like figure out that sort of thing or or make any progress and in dis- making in on discovering these mm-hmm. things is if you discuss it with somebody who does not have the same perspective as you. <clears throat> yeah. 
yeah i feel like that's a really important pillar of sanctuary and like what i want to keep rooting for as we grow is that openness to not knowing like period those sunday discussions are so super valuable after the just to get everybody's different take which is really what we're talking about here in this whole conversation is is not knowing exploring the topic exploring a subject and trying to get to a closer understanding right now of how we perceive it yeah yeah Wow, we've covered a lot. Yeah, yeah. talked for a while. It's great. Yeah. Excellent. So Kristen's already answered what psilocybin says to her. I don't well, know if that's changed. Well, but I had an what? idea. Oh, you have an idea? Yeah, I thought we could ask, what does psilocybin say to you about relationships? Oh. That they could both we sh- answer. We should have just done the thing the whole time like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been Feels sweet. <laughs> She's like, yeah. yeah. No, maybe not. <laughs> Why not? You're awfully close. Okay, yeah. What does psilocybin um. say to you about relationships? Talk. Talk about it. Be honest. Be honest in your imperfection. And mm. shine light on that imperfection. Nice. Yeah. I can't, I don't talk so well when I'm on psychedelics. I feel like my mind is so far ahead of what my mouth is capable of producing. Um, one time when we were doing, when we, we took mushrooms together, um, I watched Christ- Kristen like rapidly age in front of my face. I watched her face turn into like a skeleton. And um, that was a little bit disconcerting, but it was also like, I also saw Kristen as an old woman. And I feel like that was like the first time that I knew that like I could, like <laughs> that I was like comfortable with a long-term thing with her is cause I just, I watched her, I watched her age and like, you know, just saw like, um, <laughs> It just sounds weird. It sounds like I saw like I saw like death. I saw like death come for her, and uh, <laughs> or like you know death take hold of her or, or like age take hold of her. You know, and it, it just I guess I was. Th- it made me think about like the broader uh, picture of just like you know, I guess <laughs> wanting to be you know wanting to grow old with somebody you know and wanting to have someone there into like the twilight. Of your years, it's you know obviously it's hard to decode the messages the mushrooms give us sometimes. Sometimes it can be hard, you know, but like that's her, that's it's the the that's the most uh, intimate I guess experience that I've had with with Kristen on psychedelics is is seeing that and like coming to grips. It's important to keep growing, yeah. keep exploring. Yeah. Don't become complacent. Yeah. Don't get too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. That's another thing too, is I've been like uh, shying away from like taking another big dose in a while. So I've gotten real comfortable. You know, part of my part of my hesitancy and apprehension about diving back into the mushroom space is I know they're gonna fucking show me something and it's gonna <laughs> sh- <laughs> it's gonna shake my world up again. And I'm like I'm like you know, just a little afraid of it. I'm okay with being. I'm o- I'm okay with admitting <laughs> that it can be scary sometimes, you know. But it's like it's like life, you know. 
like it's that's scary sometimes you need to you know <laughs> <coughs> maybe that that's what our uh social media image will be for this episode is Emilio looking at Kristen as an old woman <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> yeah. still a babe a even age. as a skeleton yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is what she looks like. This is what he looks like. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> They're it's happily together. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It would be hard to Arr. convey that message. <laughs> Just listen till the end is what yeah, you have yeah, to say yeah. on the <laughs> listen till the end. Understand. No. <laughs> well, thank you all for coming here Thanks and being on us. our show. Hopefully we can do it again. Thanks for thinking we're cool enough to talk into this microphone. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, for sure. Really, really grateful to have you all as just friends, part of our community, see our kids playing together. It's, mm. It feels, you know, when you were talking about your traveling up and down the coast and being away, it took me back to Jamaica and how I was, uh, it was this morning or yesterday, I don't remember, but I was having some kind of a meditation where just like feeling how good it feels to be back where people actually care. Not to say that people didn't care in Jamaica, but yeah, but really, but really, really care like, and love you, yeah, and like yeah. they know you too. Yeah. Like, you know, no one, no one knows me better than this one. Mm. Okay, that's a wrap. And the beating of the drum. Mm-hmm.